So in this episode, I am super excited to talk to you about the things that I would definitely want to have a plan for prior to me giving birth or going into labor so that I can have an optimal postpartum period. I'm going to give you three things that I would definitely put as boundaries and as things I would discuss with your partner as well as have a clear idea of what you're going to do yourself in times of stress. I really hope that you love them and let me know what you think. Welcome to the New Mom Doc Podcast, where we dive headfirst into the beautiful chaos of motherhood. I'm Dr. Kaylin Galloway, your host and fellow new mom. Join me as we navigate the sleepless nights, endless diapers, and the roller coasters of emotions that come with this crazy journey. In each episode, we'll tackle the real struggles of pregnancy, postpartum, and everything in between. I'll share practical tips heartfelt stories, and expert insights to help you thrive in this new chapter of life. With a mix of humor, empathy, and evidence-based advice, we'll explore ways to prioritize your mental health and find joy amidst the chaos. So grab your cup of coffee, put on your headphones, and get ready to embrace the adventures of motherhood. As a naturopathic physician, I aim to embrace the principle of docere, which is Latin for to teach, which is my exact desire for this podcast is to teach you more about your body and about health. But none of this should be considered advice, specifically medical advice. Any and all health decisions should be done with your personal physician. So here comes another podcast today. I wanted to really talk to you about what I would do as preparation or more closely what I really did do um, to prepare for my child to get here. Now, as I've stated before, it was a very tumultuous time when my son was born and there was a lot going on. And so I knew that through this transition of becoming a mother and adopting the ideas of motherhood, I was going to have to do some inner work. I was going to have to grow. I was going to have to know how to set boundaries and to be strong (laughs) in ways I'd never been strong before. And so I intentionally, as a student, signed up for courses that would help me to do that. And I was blessed with the ability to take a lot of electives in my naturopathic medical degree. And one of the classes, actually, I took two classes that quarter that really helped. The first one was uh, the psychology of personality. And the second one was um, the philosophy of wellness. And both these classes met on a weekly basis. It was like eight hours a week of basically learning about myself, what I wanted, what I stood for, and then also what would create foundations of what, like what actually is wellness and how do you relate it back to what you want, your desires, like what, it, what does it encompass? And as a practitioner, how am I supposed to provide that framework for my patients? Like how am I supposed to make it so that they understand what wellness is to them? I'm not creating an ideology for someone to live by. I'm helping someone understand what their idea of wellness is, whether or not they want to adapt that, or whether or not they need to in order to get better. And so 
those courses were incredibly helpful in giving me just time to understand concepts that I'd never thought about prior to getting pregnant. I'd never thought about the the transition from being solely responsible to for yourself to having to be responsible for another human, but not just responsible for keeping them alive. As a parent, you're responsible for teaching them and for um, disciplining and setting boundaries and helping them grow, helping them learn. And even though I do get childcare, I have a lot of amazing help in terms of childcare, he looks to me for guidance and care. And so I was super excited that I had the opportunity to go through these classes before he came into my world. I could feel myself growing spiritually and personally as I as I developed into this mom, as I embraced this idea of motherhood. And so I kind of just wanted to give you a couple of things that I would contemplate, um, journal about, contemplate, think about, whatever it is that you would want to consider in this time as you prepare for postpartum. And so the number one thing I would talk about is what is the way you communicate with your partner, with your family, with friends, especially when you are utterly exhausted because you will be the word exhaustion doesn't cover the fatigue that is associated with postpartum it doesn't it doesn't even begin to describe the depth of of how you feel in terms of depletion in the postpartum period and there comes a time where you want people to surround you and there comes a time where you just want to be alone and then there's also times where you need help, but you don't really have the capacity to, to understand what you need help with. People will offer, is there anything else I can help you with? Is there anything else I can do for you? And you'll literally just out of a kind reply go, no, I'm good. Thank you. Because you don't really know what to tell people. You don't really know what you need because you're too busy trying to survive minute by minute. So I would definitely think about how you communicate best. You know, what are some code words you can say to your your partner when you're overwhelmed like what is it that you can say when you just need like no touch time because you've been overtouched from your baby or what is the you know what is the signal that your partner can give you for hey you probably need to go get more support you're not yourself right now and you probably need someone to help you I don't know like they're like not going to diagnose you with anything but you know I, I can tell you're struggling and it's really easy in the moment to react on the offense and be like what are you talking about (laughs) but if you have pre-planned ideas and phrases to say to someone of like I'm concerned for your welfare I think it's a good idea for you to get help I I would definitely have those those thoughts and write them down prior to you having the baby because you're not going to have the mental capacity and even instinctually you're not going to think about your your own individual needs in that moment, you are literally just functioning to keep this little cutie alive. There's not really a, a thought of personal of personal needs at that moment. So the other thing I would do is create like ideas of like, do I want guests over during the week that the baby's born? Do I want people in the hospital? Do I want people to come at scheduled times? How much alone time do I need with my child to bond? 
to be in um, just be in a moment of learning who this new human is and studying their eyes and studying the way they look at you and studying how they look at the world around them and you know you're not going to understand it until they're here but it really was helpful for me to have an idea of what I wanted prior to people getting here and then you know do you need help with chores around the house what are things you do on a daily a weekly basis that you really are going to need help with Um, you know dishes laundry those are all things that are necessities I would highly recommend you think about you know is it is it a reasonable thing for you to have disposable utensils you know plastic forks and and paper plates for a little while you know yes that is not necessarily the safest thing for the world like it's more trash but in terms of your mental health would it be better for your family if you didn't have to worry about the dishes as much um can you create some meal freezer plan like some stuff can you more words can you put some freezer meals in the fridge so that or in the freezer (laughs) so that you can make up crop pot okay can you put some stuff in the freezer so that you can make crock pot meals and not have to worry about dinner can you get crock pot liners so you don't have to worry about cleaning the dang crock pot when you use it you know are there things that you love to snack on is there a way you could put that near your rocking chair or wherever you're going to be feeding the baby or nursing those sort of things are really important to think about before the baby gets here and then I feel like the second thing that I would really emphasize is creating a p- action plan for when you're overwhelmed because you're going to get overwhelmed and overstimulated and overtouched and it would be really helpful for you to create practices now that set you up for success later. I think we make the mistake of saying like I want this mindfulness practice to be there in this case of, of a really serious event. I want this to happen very smoothly because I'm gonna I'm gonna meditate when I get stressed out. Or I'm gonna, you know, take five breaths when I'm really stressed out. But rarely do our minds actually work at coming up with those strategies when we haven't practiced them beforehand or we don't have like an action plan. So I usually put a bunch of post-its or I put the reminders on like white <laughs> on the mirrors in the bathroom when I'm brushing my teeth or put post-its around the house where they're like right in front of me <laughs> my husband laughs but there is like a post-it right on my door as I leave the house that says is there trash you could take out and I live right across the hall from the trash chute it's not like it's a long arduous task it's literally like within 10 feet probably five it's not it's not a hard task do I leave the trash in the apartment for an ungodly amount of time? Yes. But if I have that post-it when I'm leaving, it's like, is this a convenient time? I can just take it out. Yay. So practice mindfulness steps now. Write ideas of what you can do. Some ideas would be taking five deep breaths in, doing box breathing where you're doing um, four breaths in, hold for four, four breaths out, hold for four, and you do that for about six times. That's about a minute. Um, You also have the ability to know that you can put your child in a safe space like a crib if they're screaming and give yourself five minutes. Like, yes, it sounds so, it, it is so hard in the minute to do this. It is so hard. But also, 
what happens a lot of times when children get crazy and they start to freak out, especially in those first few months, they take up a lot of your energy. And so if you can come at a lot of situations with a calm mind, they calm because they can see your energy relaxing and your mannerisms relaxing. They feel safe because they know you feel safe. Your, your outward expression shows safety. So sometimes it can reduce the crying by a lot if you just put them down, say mommy's going to be back in a couple of minutes. They don't actually know those words, what those words mean, like, but it gives you a moment to go out, take some deep breaths, get yourself centered, grounded, figure out how you're going to manage the situation understand like there's an action plan here this child needs something whether it be food a new diaper <laughs> it, it, well, I, there's very few things that a child needs um, or they need sleep you know and then make sure that you prioritize how you're going to figure out how to get a shower in and do basic needs that is not self-care that is a basic human need <laughs> you need to actually shower um preaching to the choir here because i've sometimes it's really hard to fit it in sometimes it's really hard and then there's just the oh my gosh if I take a shower then I have to style my hair and if I don't style my hair this way I have to do I get it it's a lot it's not just jump in the shower and jump out it is for those first few months unfortunately but make sure you're prioritizing your own self needs and that includes showering that includes working out it's actually really helpful for you to work out even in a, a state of exhaustion and fatigue it's better for your body to actually get the movement it needs and in some ways it can be more beneficial than not doing the exercise at all because your body is actually learning how to do this obviously this is with the this is with the clearance from your provider and you're not doing anything strenuous but it's like going for a walk or doing a bar routine from a video on youtube nothing crazy but just do something for yourself in terms of exercising And then lesson three is what are some routines that you and your partner can add before work and after work to help you guys prepare for those times that you're alone? So if you're doing maternity leave and you're not going to have someone at the house with you, what are some ways they can help you so that you know you're supported? Can they like bring you food and, you know, the liquids, (laughs) water and coffee, (laughs) anything and a snack? that you need to you because a lot of times it's that you kind of feel get trapped with with having a child in your arms at all times it's really hard to do things that would actually provide you with sustenance and they're eating just milk so you're not really getting a cue to eat yourself so when they're leaving what are some cues and, and routines that your partner can do and then after work what are some ways you can help mitigate the um come home rescue me itis that you get as a result of being a mom that stays home and it's really hard to not do this because you're with a child that's you know if they have been awake they've been kind of screaming at you and then if they're asleep it's like so boring so (laughs) there's no stimulation there's no human contact all day that's not a child that doesn't really do anything with you (laughs) and so when you're when your significant other comes home it's this automatic gut response to just like cling to them and be like oh my gosh you're saving me and they've had a really stressful day at work and you've had a really stressful day at work and you both want to be there for each other but I would brainstorm with your partner brainstorm yourself and then come together with your partner of like how can we 
you know, mitigate the being touched out, mitigate the wanting to pounce and be like, oh my gosh, it's a human. (laughs) You don't want to be the puppy dog. (laughs) And so I think that coming up with a game plan of those routines, like when you come, when they come home, they automatically take the baby or when they come home, they need five minutes of reset. You know, they've got to go to the bathroom or whatever it is. And there's going to be times where it doesn't happen, but Overall, it would help with communication moving forward if there's an action plan for you both to know what to expect. We talk about children needing routines and needing to know what is coming next, but we thrive on them too. There's a reason why children thrive on them, and that's because they just are a thing that the human race needs. So I would definitely look at all these kind of journaling prompts and ideas and figure out if it's something that you really want to think about as to what you should plan for the postpartum window, what's right for you, what's right for your family, and how are you going to be there for yourself. If you have any questions, find me on the New Mom Doc Facebook page. You can give me a message and ask me any questions that you like. Give us a like and leave a review. I hope you have a wonderful day. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining me on this incredible journey through the New Mom Doc Podcast. Remember, you're not alone on this wild adventure called motherhood. I hope that you enjoy this episode that brought practical, valuable insights and a sense of community. As we wrap up, remember to prioritize your self-care, lean on your support system, and embrace the beautiful messiness of being a mom. If you enjoyed the show, don't forget to subscribe and leave a review. Your feedback means the world to me, and it helps other new moms discover this podcast. And as always, remember, you're an incredible, loving, and capable mom. Together, we're rewriting the book on motherhood and empowering each other to thrive. 